Amen. Amen. Hey, God, we, we love you so much, and we are here for you today. We thank you that no matter what circumstance or situation is standing in front of us, the powerful name of Jesus is able to overcome it. So, Lord, for every circumstance and situation we came in here carrying today, we lay it at your feet knowing that you are bigger and you are greater. And, God, we ask that as we open your word today, that it would be a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path, that our lives would be changed forever. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Hey, as you're sitting down, high-five somebody. Tell them, good morning. It is so great to be here with you this morning. My name is Pastor Nick Newman, and I want to say welcome. It is an honor and a privilege to get to worship with you today, to to get to be here. And and if you are with us for the first time, I think you picked a good weekend to be with us. We are, are going into what we call Big Give Weekend. We announced four weeks ago as a church that we are moving into a facility down the road long term, that there's a building in, yeah, you can celebrate that. There's a place in Mount Pleasant that, that is an old building, but we're going to breathe new life into it. We believe God is going to do something incredible there, and we are excited for what the future looks like in that location. But this is the weekend where we come together and we give big. If you are here with us for the first time, as Susan said earlier, we would love to connect with you. I'm going to be in the lobby after the worship experience, or you can stop by the Welcome Center and exchange your information for a gift as our way of saying thanks for being a part of it. We promise not to send people to your house and stalk you in a weird way. The only thing we want to do is send you a thank you note and say thanks for being with us today to worship. And I want to tell you that next week uh, we're going to kick off a brand new series called Really Good News, and uh, you need to be here for that. Really Good News, we're kicking that off next Sunday. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take two of the hardest passages of Scripture to digest, and I'm going to unpack them and show us how even when it doesn't seem like it's really good news, there's some really good news that we can find in Scripture. So we'd love for you to join us for that. And if you're wondering what in the world does he deem as a hard passage of scripture to digest. You got to come next weekend to find out. So we're excited for this morning. I believe God is going to do some incredible things. I want to deliver a word to you this morning called more faith, more faith. I believe that this season has really been a big faith journey for us. It's been a big faith journey in a lot of people's lives. And I believe if there's anything that followers of Jesus need more of, and it's more faith, I think we settle for less than God's best in our everyday life. And I believe that faith actually begins to activate something inside of you and I to believe that God is able and capable of doing incredible things in the world around us. That's why scripture teaches us that it's just faith the size of a mustard seed. It's not a pumpkin seed. It's not another kind of seed that's bigger than a, it's a small, tiny seed that produces great results. I believe that God wants to stir faith within you this morning. But if you're taking notes, here's the first thing that I want you to know is that faith has the opportunity to grow in the midst of problems. Faith has the opportunity to grow in the midst of problems. We encounter problems every day in life. If you're one of those people and you're like, I ain't got no problems, I would love to figure out how you do that, right? Because life has problems. You and I have problems every 
day. But faith has this opportunity to grow in our lives in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of difficult situations and seasons. And that's exactly what we're going to find as we dive into a story in 2 Kings chapter 3. But I want to give you some preface before we get there because there are three kings that have gone to battle and they thought that this battle was going to be incredibly easy. They joined forces together and their forces outnumbered the opposing force about six to one. So if you've ever been in any kind of battle, if there's six guys fighting one guy, it's not really difficult to figure out who's supposed to win that battle. The people with six defeat the people with one, but that's not how it worked. They, they, they had marched all through the desert. They had gone through, through this season where they thought, man, we're going to do this. It's going to be easy. And they get to the battle, and it's not easy. They end up losing the battle. They've gone through the desert. They're exhausted. They're dehydrated. They need some water, and they don't know what to do. And so they call in the prophet Elijah. And when they call him in, he's like, hey, hey, guys, this really sounds like a you problem, not a me problem, right? You've been there. You've got those kind of moments in, in your life where somebody brings you something, you're like, man, that's really, that sounds like you got an issue, not me. <laughs> Elijah's in that same boat, and he's talking to them, like, what do you want us to do? And, and they say, really, we want you to pray to God. And as he do, does this, we're going to see in a second that God is growing their faith because in the midst of a big problem, faith has the opportunity to grow. I believe that there's a big problem in our world today, and our faith has the opportunity to grow in the middle of it. I believe there's a problem that, that people are not trending towards God, but statistically are moving away from him. That's a problem. I believe that, that, that what we see is that 50, over 50% of marriages end in divorce, and that includes Christian marriages. That's a problem because we've made marriage all about convenience and not covenant, but, but that's an issue. We see people every day dying of overdose in Mount Pleasant, in Concord, in, in Richfield, in, in counties all around us. It's a problem. Social media is forcing you and I to live a life filled with consistent comparison. There's a problem. But in the middle of that, I believe that God can stir your faith to believe him for even bigger things. So 2 Kings chapter 2, I'm sorry, chapter 3, verse 15 Elijah begins to talk. Elijah's going to give them the great plan. And the first thing he says is this. Now bring me a musician. And then it happened when the musician played, the hand of the Lord came upon him. That's why whenever we, we start doing the invitation where you can respond to Jesus, the pad kicks in. It's like the Holy Spirit falls all of a sudden. When a band starts playing, something starts happening. So the music starts playing, and all of a sudden it says that the hand of the Lord fell upon him. Now remember where these guys are at. They're exhausted, they're tired, they need food, they need water, because they've just got their tail kicked, and they're walking across the desert. So Elijah says, then it happened, the Lord's hand came upon him, and he says, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. Time out. I don't like exercise, right? <laughs> But here's what I know. If I'm already physically exhausted, if I'm already tired, if I'm already thirsty, the last thing I want to do is work. So it doesn't make sense what God is asking them to do. If I was going to write the story, I might write it a little bit differently. I might, I might say, okay, hey, you, you want some water? I made this great thing. It's called rain. Sit a bucket outside. I'll send the rain. It'll happen. That's not how it works. Because a lot of times we want the easy way out, right? 
It's easy for us to look at the problems that we have and go, hey, if God, I'll just wait on God to do something. Really, God wants you to take the first step. He says, make this valley full of ditches. And the Lord says this next. He says, you shall not see the wind, nor shall you see the rain, yet the valley shall be filled with water so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter to God. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. The first thing that we see is the prophet tells them to dig this valley full of ditches. If you're taking notes this morning, you can write this down, that faith requires movement. Faith requires movement. It's one thing for me to say I believe something. It's another thing for me to start taking steps towards it. Right? How many people believe at the beginning of the year that you're supposed to lose weight and then never make it to the gym? Right? It's one thing. You, you still living on a prayer and you ain't halfway there. So it's one thing to believe for something, but it's another thing to put feet to it. It's another thing to work for it, to make the steps necessary to see what you're believing for come to pass. That's why 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, hey, if you want to know how we walk, follower of Jesus, get this, we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. Right, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, for we walk by faith and not by sight. That this life that you and I live is not one that we are always going to see the outcome. When these men are looking at their situation, the outcome that I would see is not to, to work more. It's to rest. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. But we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And faith requires movement. I believe that the love language of God is actually obedience. That what God desires for you and I is to take steps of faith, to take steps in obedience to do what he's called us to do. And blessing happens on the other side of that. Faith requires movement. And so we've been dreaming and believing for, for this building actually for a long period of time. We're, we're moving into this new location long term. There's a big road ahead for us. We're raising half a million dollars to outfit the whole facility and handle all the renovation projects. But this whole thing started back in 2012, 2013 when they announced the building of a brand new school and the Lord had already given me a dream in my heart to plant a church in Mount Pleasant. And I've got journals from 2013 that say that the future home of Propel Church could be the old middle school. And so I wrote that down, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I started pursuing it. I started asking people, man, can I buy this? Can we do that? What can we do? I started telling our CFO. I know it sounds crazy, but I'm pretty sure this is our building. I believe this is where God has called us. And, and doors were closing, so we were pursuing land. And we're going through this whole process, but faith requires movement. It's one thing for me to believe that that was going to be the future home of our church and just sit on it. It's another thing for you and I to take steps in the area that God is calling us to in the future. So I don't know what area of faith, I don't know what big dream God has placed in your heart. I don't know what you, what problems you currently see. If you go back to week two of this series more, we talked about how the problems you see are the things that God has positioned you to fix. That there's a reason why you have keen insight on the problems that you see. It's because God has hardwired you to not be a part of the problem and talk about it, but be a part of the solution. Right. 
We believe that when you and I take steps in faith to see God move, incredible things happen. Preparation is necessary. God's going to fill the valley full of water, but he wants it to be filled with ditches first so that they're ready to receive all that he asked for. And we started taking those steps as an organization. Back in, in 2017, I met with our CFO and I said, look, I, I believe that God has called us to get ready for a building. But here's what that means. That means we have to operate with incredible margin. We need to prepare. We need to get ready as an organization to do that. And at the time we had that meeting, our budget was around $10,000 a month. And it was like tight, tight. Like, you know, like... I don't even know how to explain it to you other than, you know, when you, you pay your bills, like, and you like, I got 13 cent left. That's tight, tight. You can't even afford a McDouble, right? So, so budget's tight, and we talked about, about this big dream of what God was calling us to do, and, and we decided, hey, if we're going to dream big, if we're going to believe God for more, then we need to give more than we've ever given away as an organization before. At the time, we were giving away. We were tithing. We weren't, we'll never do anything. We'll never ask you to do anything we're not willing to do ourselves. But that, for us, was a defining moment where we made the decision that 2018 was going to be a year where we gave above and beyond. And over the course of 2018, we not only gave away 10% of our budget, we gave away 18% of our budget. And over the course of one year, we watched our budget double because we believe generosity enables generosity. That when you experience the generosity of God, you can't help but desire to give. And so we made those decisions, and we talked about how we were going to give more. We talked about how salaries at Propel Church were going to be, we're never going to exceed 35% of our budget because we're not paying people to do ministry. The people who are on staff in this church will always be there to equip people for ministry. That we would never settle for paying somebody a paycheck over being able to do the hands and feet and the work of Jesus. We believe in, we were digging ditches when we moved to multiple services and we, we said, hey, we're going to, September of this year, hey, we're going to move to multiple services. Could we fit everybody in one? Absolutely. But we believe that God was calling us to dig a ditch. So we dug the ditch and we watched him water. And since we moved to two services in November, we've seen 83 people give their life to Jesus. I think that's something to celebrate. It's been incredible to watch what God has done over the course of just the last couple of months. We made that announcement that we were going to purchase some land. We were digging ditches, waiting for God to fill things. Because when you do your part, when you're faithful to do what God has told you to do, he's faithful to do his. Because faith is actually a two-way street. So the second thing is that God is working even when you don't see it. God is working even when you don't see it. If we go back to that passage of Scripture where he tells them to make the valley full of ditches, the second thing that he tells them is you shall not see the wind, nor shall you see the rain, yet the valley will be filled. So you're not going to see where it comes from. You're not going to know that God is actually working things on your behalf until you take the step of faith, until you fill the valley full of ditches. On the other end, you'll see that God is a God who has been faithful. He was, he is, and he is to come. And you're not the anomaly where he's going to start dropping the ball now. He is a God who is faithful to finish what he started. 
We see that all throughout Scripture. I love what the Israelites used to do as they would build these monuments. They would, they would go through a battle, they would go through a journey, and they would pile up stones on the side of a river on, in the middle of a, a desert. They would pile up these rocks, and they would look back as they continued walking. And, and the kids would ask, hey, what are those for? And they would say, hey, let me tell you about the time God brought us through this. Let me tell you about the time that God showed up in the area of my finances. Let me tell you about the faithfulness of God for a little bit. And yeah, we're about to walk into another battle. And yeah, there's problems in front of us. But here's what we know. If he was faithful to bring us through that, he's going to be faithful to get us through what's next. Because even when you can't see it, God is working. And if you have enough faith, you'll, you'll probably find yourself in a position a lot like Habakkuk. Where he says, God, how much longer will... I cry out without you answering me. And God says, if you would look around and be amazed, I couldn't tell you what all I was doing because you wouldn't even believe it. What God is doing on your behalf is bigger than anything that you can currently see. Hebrews says that faith is the evidence of things unseen. And you might not see it, but God is working things on your behalf. And for me, this is easy to teach. It's a lot harder to live out because truthfully, I'm not a patient individual. I actually like the ability to work for something and feel like I can accomplish it. But that's not faith. If you can accomplish it on your own, you don't dream big enough. So we had a God-sized dream of getting this location. I was taking the steps. I was asking all the right people. I tried to buy the school a couple of years ago, and it didn't work out. Every door was closing in our face, and I kept saying, look, I just kind of feel like, I feel like this is us. Like, I feel like this is where God is leading us. This is where we're called to be. And I didn't know that all the while God was working things out on our behalf. I thought that the dream was over when the property was sold to another guy. Little did I know that they had a dream in their heart of partnering with somebody like us. So I get a phone call at the end of 2018 that says, hey, are you interested? Am I interested? (laughs) Baby, this has been a dream. This is the thing that I had been waiting for. This is the thing that we had been Hoping for, 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 20 says, The next morning, about the time for offering the sacrifice, there it was. Water flowing from the direction of Edom, and the land was filled with water. Amen. You know why? Because God keeps his word. Because God keeps his word. And I don't know who this word is for this morning, but, but you need to know if God has given you a promise, he is a honoring God when it comes to his word. He is a God who is faithful to fulfill his promises. He is a God who, when he says it, the answer is yes and amen. He doesn't recount it. He doesn't retract it. He is a God who is faithful to keep his word. But I wonder if there weren't some of the people in the camp who, like, they walked out. It doesn't really give us a a period of time from when they finished digging the ditches where they did their part to when the valley was ultimately filled with water. It just tells us that it was about the time that the, the sacrifice came. I wonder how many mornings they got up and they walked outside and went, yo, it's still dirt. <laughs> and so they'd go inside and they'd play some card games and they'd hang out for a little bit and they'd sit and then they'd be like, oh, go, yo, maybe, maybe, maybe God loves you more, so you go check. So the dude would like open, nah, man, it's still dirt. <laughs> 
And so what they tried to do is they tried to beat God. They would go to bed really early, kind of like your kids do at Christmas. They wake up really early seeing if they can beat Santa or catch him in the act. Like, oh, maybe he's going to work while we sleep. So they wake up really early and they go outside. Nah, man, it's, it's, still, it's still dirt. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought this would happen faster. I thought this would happen quicker. And then at just the right time, God sent water flowing. At just the right time, God fulfilled this promise. That's what Galatians teaches us about when Jesus came. That at just the right time, God sent his son into the world. Because God's timing is better than your timing and my timing. Regardless of the timing, God keeps his word. And so years ago, I felt like the Lord had told us this was our building. And that this was going to be the spot for us. And all the doors were closing and... And, and then they opened. They opened fast. And so we're trusting in God. We're walking by faith. And I remember uh, I had gone through a couple, uh, about a month of negotiations back and forth with the owners of the new property. And we're talking about what the deal looked like and all this. Before I ever brought our leaders in to like show them the property. Um, so I'm showing them, I'm giving them a tour, and I'm a big picture vision guy. I'm like, yo, this wall's gone, this wall's staying, but we're doing this and we're doing that. And can you imagine a sledgehammer going through this? And like, we're, I'm just big picture vision. Like, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm like, we got vision for, for this auditorium. We got vision that don't look at the bathrooms right now. But let me paint a picture for what the bathrooms could look like because I believe that there's some beautiful bathrooms coming in. Jesus, like, I'm casting vision everywhere. We're walking through the office. Offices, and I'm like, yo, people are getting saved here and here. And it's, it's incredible. And I'm walking through with our team and I'm sharing it. And I'm just talking 100 miles an hour. I hear my wife in the back and she says, hey, hey, did you see, did you see the wall in here? I'm like, no, I'm blowing out walls. Don't worry about walls. Like, and no, no, on the wall, there's this calendar. And she, she shows me the calendar. Calendar's right here. And so I'm looking I'm looking at the calendar, and I'm not like, I'm the kind of guy, if I sit down at a restaurant and you hand me a menu, I'm not reading the menu. I'm like pretending I'm looking at it, but I'm never looking at it. So she's like, no, no, no. Do you see what's on the calendar? I want to show you a picture of it. And so right here on, this is August of 2017, this is the last thing that they did in that old school before they left. On August 14th of 2017, it says, call Propel. Amen. And in August 16th, it says, Propel meets David. Come on. And as I'm standing in that facility, it finally hit me. The whole time I had been waiting, the whole time I had been walking, the whole time I had tried to get things to work on my own behalf, God had been orchestrating things behind the scenes. Amen. God had been moving on my behalf, getting things ready to the point where they would leave a calendar so that when we got there, we would know that this is the right spot. Amen. Complete confirmation for where God was taking us in the next season. I think that understanding that God is working even when you don't see it and that he's a God who keeps his word works a lot like um, buying new furniture. You ever, you ever bought furniture from like Ashley Furniture and, and you take the you make the decision, you go buy a couch, but you drive a Honda. You ain't getting that couch in your Honda. So what do they do? They give you a receipt, 
and you go home, maybe you're, you're getting a new house, so you're throwing a housewarming party, and you're like, yo, I bought this great couch. I know you can't see the couch, but I bought this great couch. And so what do you do? You show your friends the receipt, because what the receipt says is that you've got a couch. That's how God's promises work. You don't see it right now, but the receipt's already been made that it's coming. It's your faith that activates the blessing and the promises of God. So why do I tell you all that? Here, here's the reason. Because today, you and I have the opportunity to give big by faith. We have the opportunity to take the next step, to dig ditches. Because when we do our part, God faithfully does his over and over and over again. So what I'm asking you to do with me today is dig a ditch. I've got some friends that are passing some things out to you right now. I, I apologize. You were actually supposed to have these the whole time. That's my fault. <laughs> On this card, what you're going to notice, and this is why we told you about this weekend five weeks ago. Scripture says that each man should give according to what he's decided in his own heart, not under reluctance or compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver. So as you and I are here today, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray about what God would have you do. Pray what God would have you do. What ditch would God have you dig? Now for some of you, you can dig a $100 ditch. Others of you can dig a $1,000 ditch, a $10,000 ditch. Some of you can probably dig $100,000 ditches. We're not asking you to look at the person next to you to figure out what size ditch they're digging because I don't think God's concerned about that. I think what he cares about is that you and I are picking up a shovel to fill the valley full of ditches, to take the next step, say, hey, God, what would you have me do? What would you have me and my family do over the next, during, right now, during the big give weekend and what would you have us do over the next 12 months? Maybe you're in a position like my wife and I, and you would love to, to, to just throw a huge, big give weekend out, gift out, but you know that's not the likelihood of where you're at financially. Maybe you make the decision today to give a big give gift, but you plan to give over the next 12 months something that is bigger than you, that is sacrificial. To do this whole project, we're raising half a million dollars. And if you want to find the breakdown of that, you can go uh, to our website, propel.church slash more. There's booklets available in the lobby. Regardless of, of what you want to do there, um, you can find out all the information. But to get into this facility, uh, what we're going to be doing is, is needing $275,000. That's our renovation and move-in ready cost. The other money is to actually outfit the facility. So there's money that is used to renovate it, to fix it, to fix what's broken, to get things ready. And then there's money used to do speakers and sound systems and kids' ministry rooms. We have all that equipment right now. So what we're looking to do is kickstart this project in a really big way. Because part of what we've worked out with our landlord is that we are going to replace the roof and the HVAC in exchange for rent. That figure works out to $4,000 a month on their end. 
what we currently pay for the school and our offices is $4,000 a month. So what we're doing, if we can get the 275000 and move in this direction, and I've said this before, I have zero desire to go into debt to do this because I believe God's people are able. I believe that when we partner together, when we work together, we can make this happen. And then five years from now, we'll go, oh, 500000 that was nothing. Let's talk about $7 million. Let's, let, let's talk about a, a campus in Locust, and let's talk about a, a new church in Midland, and let's talk about a new location in Richfield, and let's talk about uh, the fact that we're willing to cover whatever cost is necessary so that more people can meet Jesus. Right. So today is just the starting point for what God is doing ahead. But if you and I can kickstart this project in a big way, and we move into that facility using this equipment, we're able to save $4,000 a month of what we would be spending in rent. There's a lot of kingdom work that can be done with four grand. So together, you and I are digging ditches. I'm going to invite the worship team back out for a moment. Because whenever you have these conversations about money and giving, I think a lot of times we, we get a little uptight about it and we feel like, man, I can't give as much as they give. And if I could only do this, then I would be better. And what if, what if I bet God likes their gift more than he likes my gift? I want to read you a passage of scripture from Mark chapter 12. This is Jesus in the story. It says this, Mark chapter 12, verse 41 through 44. Sitting across from the offering box, he was observing how the crowd tossed money in for the collection. Many of the rich were making large contributions, but there was one poor widow who came up, and she put two small coins, a measly two cents. Jesus called his disciples over and said, the truth is that this poor widow gave more. It's not, numerically, it's not more. Like these wealthy people were walking in, they were throwing money, that was, that was great, but, but she gave more, she gave two cents. How, how does that work? He says, she gave more than all the others put together. All the others gave what they'll never miss. But she gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. She gave sacrificially. I believe that that's the kind of generosity that God is calling you and I to today. And here's the truth. Giving sacrificially requires faith. Requires you to believe big, to dream big, knowing that God is faithful, that God will keep his word, that he is working even when you don't see it. And so what I want you to do for a moment is I just want you to take a second to fill out this card. Maybe God has laid an amount on your heart to give this weekend, and maybe he's laid a dollar amount on your heart to plan to give over the next 12 months. And maybe he hasn't. Hey, if you're here and you're like, yo, this is not my bag at all, will you just take a second as as we pause for a moment, will you just pray for the hundreds and thousands of people that can give their life to Jesus in this next facility? Would you just join in prayer for us as we're stepping out in faith, believing God for big things? I want you to take a moment, and and I'm going to fill mine out, and and you can do the same, and, and then I'll close us in prayer in just a second.
question is, what would God have you do? What ditch would God have you dig? Because together, we could fill the valley full of ditches. On our own, I'd have a ditch, you'd have a ditch. But together, we're preparing for God to send the rain. I don't think it's any coincidence that all throughout Scripture, the Holy Spirit is seen as water. And you and I have to understand that these men were in the desert digging ditches. There was a a dry component there. I believe when you and I take these big steps of faith, God sends the Spirit like we've never seen before. That God sends moves of His love, His grace, His mercy, and His power in ways that we never thought were possible. Will you stand with me and join me in prayer for just a moment? God, today we love you and we we come to you and say thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to be with your people in your presence. And God, we're asking that you would increase our level of faith, that we would grow in, in believing you for big things, knowing that we might not be able to see it, but God, you are a miracle working God. We know that you've called this building to be the future home of Propel Church. And we know what's your will is your bill. So we thank you for the generosity of people today that they can give according to what they've decided in their own heart that you've entrusted them with. And Lord, I pray you'd increase their faith to know that what they give will come back tenfold because that's how you operate. You are a God who blesses beyond all comparison. I believe that there are some people in here today too that When we talk about faith and believing in God for big things, you're not there. I I don't even know that I believe in God. I've never made that decision to place my hope and, and trust in Him. Today's the perfect opportunity for you to start. Yeah, we talked about faith. We talked about money today. But but here's what you need to know. There's a God in heaven who loves you. Despite your faults, your flaws, your failures, he chose to send Jesus to die on your behalf so that you could have new life. He didn't wait for you to fix yourself first. He made a way where there was none so that you could be in relationship with him. And if you say, hey, I know I've walked away from God or I need to begin a relationship with Jesus, today is the day to do that. Here's what I want you to do. I just want you to boldly lift your hand right now. I see those. Over there on the left, I see that. Here's what I want you to do. Nobody's going to pray alone. We're all going to pray together. Will you say this with me? Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. Will you help me celebrate with those who made decisions today? Amen. Amen. We're going to continue in worship for a moment and sing a song called Won't Stop Now. And as we do that, it it's proclaims that we know breakthrough is coming by faith. Let's worship. <laughs>